Hey everybody, this is Tierney. I just wanted to take a moment before the podcast begins uh, and just say that uh, we recorded this episode a couple weeks ago, uh, but given the recent events in Lebanon, we would like to highlight, there are two links in the description of this podcast that are two fundraising organizations that we found that would help survivors of the Beirut explosion. Uh, One is the World Food Program, which is run by the UN, and the other one is Impact Lebanon, which is a crowdfunding organization to help local fundraising efforts in Lebanon. And so if you find yourself moved and able to help in any way you can, we would encourage you to do so. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another film podcast. My name is Tierney. I'm Colin. And my name is Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> so matter of fact. It's a fact. I'm just telling everybody. <laughs> Uh, this week we will be discussing uh, the film Incendies. Probably pronouncing it wrong because it's. I was French. gonna say, I th- like I just want to put a disclaimer out front here that like I've never once spoken French in my entire life. I've never been to France. I am gonna anytime I attempt to speak any of these names or anything, I'm almost certainly going to butcher everything. So just putting also putting it's that Quebecois. French, so it's even a different French than like is taught oh. in school. So it's like a very, it's like it's French, sure, but it's Quebecois, so it's also a little different on that too. Okay. I speak well, French very well. Matt knows because I love watching French New Wave films and reading all of the credits out loud. It's very true. She <laughs> knows all the names and she knows how to pronounce them all. Similarly, Matt does a really, really, really good. Irish accent. I I know how to pronounce every Irish name. (laughs) It's probably the best Irish accent you'll ever hear from somebody who's not not Irish. One of the most (laughs) offensive. Oh, no, there's no... Yeah, no, it's not offensive at all. It's not, like, just overtly terrible. (laughs) Tulio Shalahan. (laughs) I hate it so much. Why did I bring this up? I was going to say, you do this to yourself. You can't be mad. Oh. Um, anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just remembering watching, like, Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. That was real fun. The, and having the credits keep going and Matt just bopping his head every time he says it. Well, the worst, the worst, too, is that, like, that movie, like, it ends on such, like, a sweet and happy note. And you're just like, oh, this is so adorable. And you're like still like kind of crying a little bit because it's it's so beautiful and then matt's just over here being a total dick like bah, 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 bah. it's like oh, oh i'm boy. just trying <laughs> to make sure that john crowleyberg can get crowleyberg <laughs> yeah, is he german his name is just john crowley so i really had to throw in some extra stuff because it was not <clears throat> an odd name sure donald gleason that's actually just uh. how you say it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so as Tierney mentioned this week, uh, we're talking about uh, incendies or onsendies or onsendee. Some, some, one of those is probably correct. Dias. Yeah, one of those four is probably correct. Pro- may, may, I would have guessed the latter, the one that Tierney just said. Um, <clears throat> but anyway... Uh, this one was my pick. Um, I picked it because I really like the English language films um, from our boy Denis Villeneuve. Um, 
and I had not seen any of his, uh, I had not seen any of his French films or Canadian films, I guess is more appropriate. Um, so I put this one on the list and, um, I will do the thing I always do while I'll rank them and then I'll talk a little bit about my thoughts, but I'm very, very, very curious to hear what you guys think about this one. So, um, again, I've only seen him. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Give us this list. <laughs> Show us your list. So I've only seen Take his English language off. films. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> um, so number one, obviously, should not be a surprise to anybody who knows me, uh, is Arrival. And I would say, honestly, like, Arrival is tied for the first three spots. I love that movie so much. Um, after Arrival, I would go Sicario, then Prisoners, then Blade Runner 2049, then probably Enemy, and then Incendies. What about uh, Sicario 2? He had nothing to do with it. And that oh. movie's not good. Okay. <laughs> two. God damn it. I knew that that was going to happen. <laughs> two sick, two Aria. <laughs> like too fast, too furious? Come on, guys. Oh, I got it. <laughs> I thought too you said. Sick, two Caria, did you say? I thought you yeah. said Aria, like from Game oh. of Thrones. And I was like, what the oh. fuck are you talking about? <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm okay with too sick to Ario. <laughs> as a title, not as a movie. That movie's still bad. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think um, this is probably my least favorite of the of his films. Um, I I really struggled with like wrapping my brain around what I thought about this one. Um, I think there were like moments of this movie that were like like in whole segments of this movie really that I thought were like really compelling. Um, but then there were parts of it that I didn't really think worked very well. And I, I don't know about you guys. I'm curious to, to hear your thoughts, but I saw the, the final twist at the end of the movie coming from like a mile away. Um, so I think, really? yeah, I was like, not at all surprised when it happened. I was like, yep, that's exactly what I expected from like maybe halfway through the movie. Um, so I don't know. I, I was like, I think it's well made at the very least. I do think that like, you can see how like good of a filmmaker he is. And at this point he had made, um, three other films. So this is like, definitely like not his first movie by any means. Um, but you can see like, he's a very talented filmmaker. Um, but it just like, it never really fully came together for me. So anyway, your thoughts before we, dive in a little further do you want to go to any or do you want me to go you can go uh i thought it was uh very well done i uh i don't know if enjoyed is a great word to describe it but was like very impressed and i didn't see the twist coming and i thought like the moment of reaction when it's revealed was like oh (laughs) Oh, God. But it also had, like, and I'm very interested to talk about this, um, also in in a kind of uh, opposite way from Tana, but in a similar way, this kind of, like, epic narrative told in the real world with, like, real people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, 
and it really is this kind of like unfolding enormous epic uh that's basically just about this one woman kind of taking her life in her hands and like i thought i thought that stuff was like very uh different from how i've seen a lot of these kind of war movies and it's like a fictional country which adds like a different layer of like where does this happen who are these people what are these groups Mm -hmm. um so i was i really thought it was uh, an excellent film yeah i thought it was really good um and i think i saw the twist coming maybe like i would just hit my elbow really hard (laughs) take a minute take a minute (laughs) sorry walk it off Uh, walk it off (laughs) i think i saw the twist coming maybe like a minute before they found out um because there is like a little bit of a reveal before the reveal Mm-hmm. And I caught mm-hmm. it at the little one. But, like, the whole time I was, like, some of the other things where you're, like, you know that the twins, like, where, like, they were, what's it called when, when, uh, conceived, that's the word. Like, you know, you know how, like, that story goes. And so I was, like, still didn't put together how the other one went. Um, but, yeah, no, I thought it was, like, a really good story and like phenomenally made yeah. like each shot is like a photograph i said yeah. like like 400 times there but <laughs> yeah but it's like exactly true yeah um i yeah i did want to like put a disclaimer uh at the beginning and matt you kind of touched on that a little bit but uh I literally knew nothing about this movie other than it was a Denis Villeneuve film. and Nothing. I knew nothing. Absolutely either. nothing about it. And so I'm, like, watching it last night, and I felt the need to tell you guys that I'm sorry that we watched this very no. rough movie. Like, there are a lot of, like, straight-up child murders happening on screen that I was like, <sighs> like... But it's, like, that... I don't know. It's not... It's not like dishonest no 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 i know i'm just like it just i'm like it it's not like a bad thing to watch that affair i agree i'm just saying like it was a lot heavier than i was expecting it to be which again is not like i'm not like mad that we watch it this is not like a natural situation where i'm like angry that i spent (laughs) okay guys (laughs) (laughs) i already apologized for that i'm not natural sucked (laughs) we don't need to relitigate our feelings on nashville but i'm just saying like that's not, I, I'm just saying, like, as I was watching it last night, I was like, holy shit, this is way darker than I thought it was going to be. And I just, like, wasn't mentally prepared for that when I was going into it. And, like, so there were a couple, like, points of the movie where I was like, oh, God, <laughs> like, this is this is not quite what I was looking for on my birthday weekend. <laughs> <Just> fair. <laughs> That's fair. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it really well, doesn't pull any punches. No. It really doesn't, yeah. and there are, like, like, several times where it's, like, you could be subtle and not, like, actually show this thing happen, like, on screen. Like, you could just, you know, like, the, the sequence where the kid is running back to his mom on the bus. Yeah. And you just, like, you, you see the guy pull his gun, you see the guy aim his gun, and, like, it would not be shameful at all to, like, just not show that like what actually happens like you could just have the gun shot and be like okay i know what happened here but no you get to see it all and it's really upsetting 
But to that point, how galvanizing is that moment, though, for you as a viewer to be like, fuck this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, and even the tension of the moment of her... Uh, I thought I that was I think that one of the first notes I even wrote because I don't have a lot of notes just because it was like it it unrolls itself and reveals things in such a manner where you're like what's going on it, I mean from go when they introduce uh, the will mm-hmm. and you're like okay find the father find the brother and then they're like we don't have a father and we don't have a brother so we what what is this mm-hmm. like that introduction of like even that information is not clearly explained to them and so they're like what is their mission so the but but anyway that's just to say that it's hard to kind of note this movie in a way that doesn't like need to get to the end to explain the rest of it Mm -hmm. but that bus scene specifically i wrote down just because the tension just keeps ratcheting and ratcheting and ratcheting up um and and the cinematography of that scene is like impeccable I, yeah. I also think it's really powerful that there's no <clears throat> there's no score to it either. Like you just hear the men climbing up on top of it. You hear the gasoline just kind of like pouring over the sides. You can start to like see it trickle down from like the emergency hatch and so like that whole time you're just like very much in that space with those women and you're just like I don't I don't know what I would do. I mean, like <laughs> I I was like, how does she get out of this? Like, I kept waiting for them to like, okay, we shot up the bus. Let's drive away now. And then when they started climbing up, I was like, "Uh oh. And then when they started hearing the gas, I was like, how? I know because this is a flashback that she somehow gets out of this, but I have no idea how. Like, I just, I couldn't see Mm -hmm. a way for her to get out of it. So that whole sequence was just like completely riveting from start to finish. And her just getting wet with gasoline trying to get up and mm-hmm. get out of the bus. I I didn't entirely know why she didn't say, like, we're Christians when she, like, flashed the cross to be like, we're all together. This is my sister. Yeah. You know, uh, we're all friends. Um, but the moment that she decides, at least I can save the child, or she thinks. But, like, <laughs> even that decision and, like, <clears throat> going from partners in trying to get out of here alive to this silent agreement that like I'm gonna try to save your kid but it's you're gonna die here like there's no saving you Mm -hmm. only for then yeah the kid to run back because he didn't want or he or she didn't want her mom to die and that really becomes like uh narwhal 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 um nawal I think it's n-a-w-a-l Yes, okay. Nawal, uh, before that, is very brave and does a lot of things that put her at risk, but it's always, like, just her trying to get somewhere. Mm -hmm. And that is the first moment where she's like, I'm in the war now. Like, I I can't do this. I can't just, like, let this country fall apart. Um, And that, I think the other thing is, like, the information isn't super clear if the kids know it or when the kids know it. Because she's going and getting minor amounts of information or almost no information from the people that she's seeing, but we're getting so much backstory from those places mm-hmm. yeah. that I do think that was a little confusing at points where you were like, am I, su-? like, when she was like, we have to find our brother, our brother was born in prison. I was like, okay, so she doesn't know about the first baby mm-hmm. that she had with uh, Wahab. Uh, Wahab. 
So then I was like, okay, that information, it was hard to kind of keep track of, like, what is she actually learning at these stops versus what are we just being shown? And then by the time they get to the hospital and they meet the midwife, then you're pretty clear, like, oh, they don't know anything that happened. And now they know. See, I actually really liked that technique, and I thought it was, like, really fun that we knew way more than they did. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just because then you're also watching them... Like, there's obviously the story of, like, their mom's life, but then you're also watching, like, their character development as that unfolds, and I thought that was really well done. I also, to your point, think that the casting was very good because the mom looked very similar to the daughter, and because they mapped, like, where they Mm -hmm. were at the same time, there were times where I'm like, where, when are we? Is this, like, present day or is this in the 70s? Um, And I thought that was really well done. I think that was... So that was one of my complaints about the movie. I don't no. necessarily have a problem. No, 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 no. I like, and it's not even like a, a strong complaint. It's just, I, I don't have a problem with like a nonlinear structure. And I do think that like in general, the way that they're both like both storylines are kind of running parallel. I, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I just think that a, some of them, some of those parts felt a little disjointed to me. Um, like, I think there were, like, sometimes when it cut to a flashback, I didn't necessarily feel like we were quite ready to go there yet. Um, and there were other times where it was like, like, like what you were saying, I think the first one was the hardest one for me because, A, those women look very, very similar to each other. And B, the way they, um, the like, the way the costuming was done for that first one is like, the last shot of the mom was wearing like a navy blue collared shirt and the next shot of the daughter she's also wearing a navy blue collared shirt so like it made it even harder for me to recognize that like oh wait we've we've done like a like we've done that flip from like the 70s to present day or whatever so like I, I agree that in terms of storytelling, I think it, it was the... Like, I can't think of another way to tell the story without having that nonlinear structure. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that, like like I said, there were some parts of it that felt a little disjointed to me, and I think it was there were some parts that were, like, needlessly complicated to tell the difference. Which, like, didn't... Yeah. Like, it just made it... Like, it made it harder for me to, like, fully connect with the film. Like, I wasn't, like frustrated but i just i'd spent more time trying to be like wait a second what are we doing here instead of just let like i think if it would have been more clear what was happening or like when we were switching i think it would have been a lot easier for me to just be like okay i'm gonna go on this ride as opposed to like every time it switched not every time but several times when it switched i had to spend like a little bit of time trying to like wrap my brain around like wait where are we and like try to do some of that like mental plotting um i loved that I like a movie thought, that makes you work. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I do, th- I think I am on both sides. I think for the first, from I think literally until they meet the midwife and they are, catch up, I was also kind of like, what time are we at these places? Um, and I think sometimes it was just the fact that like sequences went on for so long that you kind of forgot what the other storyline was. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for a while, when you're just with Narwa- Nawal, and you're just going with her from place to place, I was like, oh, the twins are also still part of the story. <laughs> like, but I haven't seen them in a while. And honestly, for the first 40 minutes, it's just um, Jean, Jean, whatever, Jean, 
Yeah, I was gonna say what is her name? I was gonna say Jean. Like it's. I mean, they, let's just say Jean. Yeah, like <laughs> Jean I is think it's doing pronounced like Jen, like Jen. 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 Oh, let's do Jen. Jen. Um. Okay. Or Jen. So yeah. Jen, like with a, more of a J sound than a Jen. Jen, like that, like I just did. So yeah, so Jen is doing the. She's doing the brunt of like the legwork yeah. in investigating. And it's and between the sequences are just so much of just her mom's life that by the time the brother actually became involved back in the story, I was like, oh yeah, I had assumed that he would be with her this whole time. So some of that was just like parts were edited, and you forgot about other storylines, especially opening the movie with, um, uh, what's his name, Nihal or Nihim? What is his name? The- the son? Uh, Nihad. Nihad. Nihad, yeah. I thought you were talking it, about Simon. No, no, no. Nihad, uh, Nihad of May. Nihad yeah. of May, which the names, we'll get to this in a second, <laughs> but like Nihad of May opens the movie. Mm-hmm. Like you're introduced to this odd, like head shaving, children soldier grooming thing, and then you jump to Canada. So like you forget about that storyline for most of the movie. And I feel like the only time that you actually see that exact, like, plot come back is when he's sniping from mm-hmm. uh, the tower. Which is, like, a harrowing scene. Yeah. And yeah. also just, like, terrifying. And the way they introduce it is to suggest... That he's that they're one of the have, kids. Yeah. And that they're yeah. going to have to meet him to be like, hey, we share a mom, you're a brother. Um, and just being like, how are they going to get close to this guy? To then later upset that expectation too. So I just it's thought also, a lot of those choices a, were so smart. A good way to show of how long this war has been going on that he was like mm-hmm. a five year old boy and now he, well, first he was like born right before and then he was like a five year old boy and then presumably like 18 mm-hmm. or 15. Yeah. So that was another thing that didn't like, I didn't love about this movie is that. And I think partially it's because I saw I, I, I genuinely saw it coming. And I think uh, to your point earlier about casting Tierney, uh, one of the the tip offs to me is in that opening sequence that you were talking about, Matt, when they're shaving his head and he just like looks up at the camera and just has like just the, the, the way that his face is kind of just like looking at you like intensely. Um, when the torture came into um Nawal's chamber like the face that that actor was making was nearly identical to the kid's face and I was like oh okay there it is like I like that was the clue I to just me. think that's good perce- I think that's more yeah. to your perception of details like that because I'm sure that was purposeful but I don't think it gave it away no I that's I, the, I, I that's what I'm saying like I to me that was the moment where I was like mm-hmm. oh this is it like I just made that connection and um yeah. and so I think part of it is I don't remember where I was going, but um, what were we talking about earlier? <laughs> Nihad and casting and the the way he looked. Uh, I don't remember. Somebody else take it away and, and I'll maybe it'll come back to me. <laughs> I think it'll come back. <laughs> All right. But yeah, like even the name, like we could talk about the names. Like Nihad of May is her son because he was named. Oh, and then it was. Yeah, I remember. Count. Yeah. Um, so that was like one of the things that I didn't like about the movies. And I think it's partially because I saw that final twist coming, 
I spent a decent portion of the second half of the movie, like, literally trying to do the math in my head <laughs> of being like, okay, so she was, like, probably 20-ish in 1970, so, like, you know, she had Nihad in 1970, and we get the confirmation later that it was May of 1970, so it's like, okay, so that's, like, when he was born, and then it was, like, three or four years later after she had moved away that she comes back and then she like shoots the guy that was probably another year then she was in prison for 15 years and she had the kids towards the end of her prison sentence so like it just ended up being this thing where i was like instead of being in the movie i spent the second half of the movie trying to like logic my way through like i see this twist coming does it make sense and then when the twist does the age make sense yeah uh, okay. Because I wrote, I looked, uh, I looked online to see because the towns, all of the towns that they are in, are real places in Lebanon, and so they think that it's never explicitly said, but there are suggestions that say that this is based in the Lebanese civil war, which went on for fifteen years, and so if he was born in nineteen seventy, like the war ended in nineteen ninety. Um, so went from 75 to 90. And so if it was like, he was born in 70 and then like the orphanage was attacked in like 76 and then like he was turned into a child soldier that by, cause she was in prison for 16 years, I think they said. Yeah. And oh, so yeah. like that being at the end of it would make sense that he was like 20, 21. Yeah, I think I, like, I finally got to a point where I was like, yeah, I think this math does work. It just, like I said, I, it, I spent more of the second half of the movie thinking about that rather than being engrossed in the movie. Whereas the first half oh. of the movie, I was like, I was very, like, I think everything was very compelling and I was, like, very interested in seeing where all this was going. But then the second half of the movie, I just, like, ended up being mentally sidetracked and not, like, as fully checked into the movie. And it's bummer. I, I know, like, yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's fine. It is what it is. But, um, and then at the end of the movie, when like my suspicion was confirmed, then I like really went heavy into being like, okay, now I like, I think I thought this through, but now I have to like double check and they show her gravestone and it says she was, um, at the very end of the movie, it says, uh, she was 1949 to, um, 2009. 2009. And so then I was like, okay, so now I have some, like, actual dates to put to this. And so, like, the end of the movie, which, like, like you mentioned earlier, Matt, I think the moment when the kids realize it, like, when the camera... So, like, they kind of hint at it, like, when, he's, when Simon is having that meeting um, with the warlord, they, like, mm-hmm. pretty strongly hint at it. And I think, Tierney, that's when you say you figured it out. Um, yeah. And then it cuts to his hotel room. And, uh, Jen is, like, knocking on the door, and she comes in, and he's basically, like, catatonic. And then she makes the realization and just, like, has that, like, shriek of pain. Like, that sequence was really, really, really powerful, and, like, the acting in that moment was very, very strong. But, like, as soon as that was over, I couldn't really, like, emotionally connect with the rest of the movie because then I was like, all right, now I've got some dates here and I can, like, pull crazy. out my paper and pencil and I'm yeah. going to, like, do some fucking math. So. I didn't math. do any math. I just assumed that it worked. But I was like, but now that's why I was like, does it work? Like, could he have been of an age to be an adult man torturer? 
So, the, um, so I think it was probably was like, around, like Timmy said, I think it was probably around 1990. It was, it was probably around 20 years after he was born. That and he, so he's probably like 18. Yeah. But he's been and, doing this for a few years. And I was going to say, like and he was reputation. like, he was a child soldier, right? Like he right. presumably was, was saying, like doing this from the age of like 10. And I think I they said he was... This conversation is going to mean nothing to anyone that hasn't seen it. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think anybody should be listening to these podcasts if they haven't seen the movie because we're spoiler heavy. Yeah. And Fair the enough. spoiler, which we haven't said exactly what the spoiler is for this movie. And yeah, maybe it's <laughs> going to be confusing. I'm impressed that we've fact, danced around this for half an hour without directly let's go in. taking it. <laughs> and so, Simone, Simon, and Jen, Simon and Jen, find out that their brother their half brother their half brother um was also their father because uh Nihad of Bay is is Abu Turek and Abu Turek was the torturer in the prison that their mother was in who raped their mother and made her pregnant with the twins and that that's what she didn't out. realize it until she was like 60 60 years old which is and that, I feel like that is another, like, uh, uh, success that this script has, is it is basically start, like, it really covers everything. Because when you see her catatonic by the pool, you're like, I really don't know what happened. And neither do the kids, and the kids are like, she was just always kind of crazy. Well, and there was that line, two two quick things. One, um, yeah. the... The, the way that that shot was the, like that scene was was filmed was incredible the so like it, it goes so it starts in for all intents and purposes it starts in that guy's office and he's reading the will and almost all of the shots from that that scene are just like extreme close-ups on either the guy reading the will or the two children and you're just like seeing them react to this like crazy news and then the next scene is just like a wide shot of the two kids standing at the end of like the uh, Simon's truck, and they're just like having this conversation, and it, and it like does not move. The camera doesn't move at all, and I thought that that was like a really good juxtaposition. But anyway, um, outside of that, um, I was just gonna say to your point, Matt, the line where Simon literally says to Jen, "Like you were there with her when she had her accident." but you weren't there when she died. So, like, you have this hint that she had some sort of accident, and then you see the accident at the pool, and then at the very end of the movie, you see, like, what caused the accident, and it was just, like, she realized what had happened, and, like, it literally broke her brain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And literally, like, and it makes sense, too, that, like, if you were to discover that, mm-hmm. it would be, like, I don't think I have anything to live for anymore. Yeah. Like, I... I don't want to meet my son mm-hmm. um, and to live with the two children that were the results of this. It's too much. So, like, I can just, st- I can't function anymore. And Her I'm like, I think. heartbreaking, though. Yes. Yeah. And it w- I thought that was really just, like, the, uh, it's the parlor scene of this mystery. It's, like, the reveal and the unfolding of, like, this is exactly what happened. And, yeah, heartbreaking in that she's like, I understand that, like, I wish I could have been there for you so that you wouldn't have become this man. But 
you did become this man and like you really fucked things up <laughs> like <laughs> but i think also like so incendies refers to the concept of like a self-consuming fire uh just something that's meant to destroy itself uh and it this just does seem like a critique on war mm-hmm. itself of like the things that war forces to happen that like mm-hmm. instead of uniting a mother and child they perverted what could have happened mm-hmm. and resulted in this like circle of this family and that's like the bloodline ends like it's just it's going to consume itself yeah heartbreaking <laughs> yeah it was and, uh, but yeah but also like uh we should also mention because we mentioned Nihad of May and Abu Turek which are like names that they say with like this kind of like war uh history that they're like yeah these like huge figures but she is also the woman who sings yeah, yeah. which like I, then you have all these like titles of like even Shadestine or whatever the name of the warlord is oh um of like the christian sect of this country that took over mm-hmm. um like or actually Shadestine was the He's, islamic leader i think yeah against the nationalists correct um and the nationalists are the ones who supported abu Turek and took nihad of may from interesting okay in any case <laughs> with the prison uh, stuff i thought uh it was really interesting or just like good filmmaking that they had uh a juxtaposition between when she was first pregnant with Nihada May and the way she was like caressing her belly because um, mm-hmm. she was like so happy mm-hmm. and then the f- like flip side of when she's pregnant with the twins and how she like is pulling at her belly and like doesn't want doesn't want it and punching yeah, her yeah. Stomach, that. which like that also that final letter to the kids of saying like I couldn't be a mother to you because of like this is the full story mm-hmm. now that i understand now i can like hold you and love you and like sing you to sleep because i reckon like now i know who you are mm-hmm. and it, while it's horrific this is like the final message of like isn't it better to be together mm-hmm. or like or whatever that message is of like finding something good and just being like I mean, at least I know where all my kids are. Mm-hmm. Like, but it, but that's the best we can get. <laughs> like, yeah, this existence is a nightmare. But whatever. Like, now you know your roots. Now you know why I couldn't love you mm-hmm. because of how awful your origins were. Um, but yeah, I just think that's like such a, a complicated ending. But I think like movies like old boy or like any of these other kind of like shocking twist of an ending that's like grotesque and brutal Mm -hmm. um those movies always felt just kind of like shock for shock value yeah where i think this one as shocking as it was everyone in it is so human and even like like the the understanding that uh nihad had been looking for his mom all he wanted was to find his mom and so for him to realize what he had done is also powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where then you're like, how does that fuck up you 
to know I did meet my mom, the one person that I wanted that I felt this absence from. And when I met her, I did this awful thing to her. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so complicated. Also, when the kids just like power swim after finding out that they're children <laughs> of incest, yeah. incest in like the worst way. Yeah. Just like swimming to try to clean it off. Just like, oh my God. Uh, I also like what you were saying, Matt, is like other movies that have similar storylines. I haven't seen Old Boy, but the one that came to mind for me is Chinatown. Like, yeah, exactly. Sorry, this is spoilers, guys, but the end of it, <laughs> but that, like, I feel like because this one has a steady build the whole time, and like you said, all of the characters are very, very human, mm-hmm. that it, the, it just, like, lands so much, like, like, better from a story point of view, but rougher emotionally versus Chinatown, you're kind of like, wait, what? <laughs> and it, yeah. it, like, part of it is, I feel like Alex joking about it (laughs) i feel like it has a bit of a farcical uh tone to it in chinatown it's so melodramatic to yell she's my sister and my daughter like it's so (laughs) melodramatic where in this movie the way it's revealed is with the math equation that we get in the beginning of the movie Mm -hmm. yeah of where he's like can one and one And, like, the way that he has to try to softly deliver this news using a concept that his sister will understand and the way she has to work through it mm-hmm. and understand how it relates to them is it just takes so much more nuance and so much more skill instead of slap, she's my sister, slap, she's my mother, or she's my daughter, slap. Like, I it's so different. loved that, like, Jen was a mathematician. And a woman. Extremely same. Also, should not surprise people who listened to the first part of this, where I was talking about how I I didn't physically grab a pen and paper, but, like, I was trying to, like, actually do math. Like, that whole sequence (laughs) where she was introduced as a mathematician, I was like, what up, girl? (laughs) (laughs) That's the first note I had. It was, love that she's a mathematician. Yeah. I also love how bored she was when she talked to the other mathematician when she went to like get information and he was just like and this concept was first developed oh. like, and she's just like this is a waste of time I have to get out of here I thought that was very funny like the look of boredom that she has on her face is like the look I had being like why are we talking about math and then I was like oh she also doesn't want to be talking about this <laughs> um, I do think like the I I like that the final image of the movie is Nihad standing in front of his mother's grave. Like, I think that that's, like, a really powerful way to end the film. Kind of like what you were talking about, Matt, is, like, now he has this... Like, he has the full knowledge of who he is, and it's it looks like this is his... Like, he's... I mean, because we don't really get to see much of him ever, right? Like, we get to see, at the very beginning, he's getting his head shaved, and he's, like, becoming a child soldier, and then we, we get, see like... his birth. Right, yeah, I mean, but, like, we see his birth, which is not really, like, that much, you know? Like, he's born, and then he's just, like, whisked away immediately. Mm-hmm. We see him snipe a couple kids, and then we see him as this torturer, and then... We like see him at the pool at the very end at the final reveal. So we don't like ever really see him 
And so I think, like, that's a really powerful way of... Because we spend so much of the movie with the other three, like the mom and the two kids, and we kind of get their... We get to see them kind of reckon with this truth. We don't really ever get to see him reckon with it, except for, like, him standing in front of his mother's grave that finally has her name on it. Um, I think that, like, that's a really powerful way to end the movie, that he's just, like gonna work his way through this you know whereas like i can't imagine if i were to find out something like that like i don't (laughs) i don't know how i would even begin to process it but it seems like he the way the movie ends it it kind of feels like a fairly fairly heartfelt and like uplifting ish like as as much as something like this could be which i think was really like a really good way to end it on a side note all of the shots in montreal are like they're well done, but, like, the landscape is just awful. Yeah, really. <laughs> and the thing is, like, it's not different than, like, the way Chicago looks in the wintertime. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> please, no. <laughs> just, like, gray buildings and dead yeah. trees. <laughs> yeah. And I think that was also a point of confusion is, like, we're not used to seeing Canada look like that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, at times it was like, is this the Middle East or is this Canada? And, like, going back and forth and being like, okay, this is where we are now in this setting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, showing the Middle Eastern towns as they were before the war looked better than these Canadian uh, areas that we were going to. And, like, even that of showing that, like, there was such a richness in their past uh and so much history and like beauty in this other land that they had like never been to and i think that was also like an interesting way to approach the movie is that like uh simon and john are so bland like they're just twins Mm -hmm. that are like living normal lives and we're like our mom never really was like super open with us so like this just seems like another game to then unravel that, like, their mother was this huge war hero Mm -hmm. and that their father was this, like, legendary torturer and, like, war criminal and that, like, that's their roots, that, like, that's where they came from uh, was also so powerful. And, like, it's such a crazy thing for somebody to discover that, like, their mom, who was a secretary and this guy who's now, like, a janitor yeah. Or, like, was that his job? Was he I just, think, like, a custodian? I think, yeah. I, yeah. So, he, it looked like he was, like, pushing a cart, like, a janitorial cart. And then there's a shot of him, like, wiping down the inside of, like, what looked like a public transit, like, bus. So, yeah. I, I think that he's just, like, a, a janitor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the idea that, like, these figures that mentioning their name in their home results in these, like, we don't know them disgrace this family get out or just like this warlord is familiar with these names and like dropping them gets you special status among them i was gonna say verse yeah it's so wild that uh the sequence when they're telling simon what to do and they're just like just go here drink tea with anybody who will have tea with you doesn't matter first person who invites you in just say yes and have tea and then just casually mention that you are the son of the woman who sings and it'll get the job done. (laughs) And you're just Mm -hmm. like, 
that seems so insane. How is this going to work? And then when it finally like plays out, you're like, oh shit, okay. Like that that like like what you were saying these these people and then like these nicknames that they've given themselves or they've come to get um, are just like so, they're so much larger than life that like you just like casually drop that note. It's like oh somebody's gonna tell somebody and somebody's gonna tell somebody and they're gonna tell somebody and then it's gonna get back to the guy who actually you want to meet with. So this is all you have to do. It's just like just drop that little nugget and then wait and then like a day later it's like oh here we go let's go yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, and it gives Simon a moment that's separate and only him the same way um, Jen gets a lot of moments. Like, that. like so half like, the movie. <laughs> well, that's- Yeah, most of the movie, which she was more interesting, too, and I just thought she was, yeah. like, her talking to the prison guard was also a super mm. powerful scene mm-hmm. of, like, slowly discovering who her mom was. Mm-hmm. And being like, are you sure it's her? And being like, I watched her for 15 years. I definitely know it. Yeah. Who it is. Yeah. But I'll, I'm going to check my notes. But go on. Well, We've I, covered I, all mine. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I think, I think we did. Well, I, I like the, that prison sequence. There were a couple things in there. Like, one, so it was the, the women's prison. And, like, the guy who's, like, showing Jen, the, like, who's kind of, like, giving her the tour is, like... He's like, yeah, the men's cells were even smaller. And then the camera cuts to, like, a a shot of the cell. And you're like, smaller than this? One of these literally just has a lawn chair in it, and it's full. (laughs) Like, what is this? Um, But then, uh, like, that's when she also is like, oh, the brother that we're trying to find is the one who was conceived in this jail. Whereas we, the audience, know, we're like, "Mm, no. (laughs) No, girl. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the brother who was who was conceived in this jail was you and your brother. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So that like that whole sequence was really interesting. Again, like with the the knowledge that we have that she doesn't have. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought that scene was really effective. But yeah. yeah, I loved all the actors in this too. I thought yeah. everyone did such a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was like one of the best movies I've seen in a while. I agree. I feel like it was like parasite level for me. Where like I couldn't, I couldn't guess what was gonna happen next. Colin obviously <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. I wanted to like, like this movie a lot, and then like I again, technically this movie is fantastic. Like it's an extremely well made movie. I just like I wasn't able to connect to it because I think a lot of the emotional gut punch of this movie was like severely undercut for me. Yeah. So I was like, Do you want to know my wah. Villeneuve ranking? Yeah. Hit us. Because I think I've seen the same. Ooh, show me, show me those rankings. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, I got a big ranking. Give us a little tease. It's like a big, (laughs) multi-layered ranking. Oh. Oh my gosh. Are you gonna give us the full version or the Uh the edit? Oh damn! I fucked that up. <laughs> she was asking if we we're gonna get the uncut version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're going for, girl. I got you. you. I'm gonna give you my uncut ranking. Oh yeah. That's yeah. the stuff Hit I like. Um, okay, so wait, Hit what do we have to it? work with? <laughs> I think um, the only one so I haven't seen all the way through is Sicario, which I own. Maybe I'll I watch like that. Sicario. Um, God damn it! Why do you do that every <laughs> time? I don't understand. Because it's the same. It's the same pitch as it's, in, no uh, one Prometheus. in that movie ever says it like that ever. When <laughs> r- when Numi repays 
is getting in the machine in Prometheus, and they're like, what procedure would you like today? And she's like, Caesarian! And I think Sicario <laughs> sounds like Caesarian. This is, like, just as dumb and bad as, like, a Zachary Kinto Pinto situation. Say, <laughs> like, like, there's... Worse. At least Kinto and Pinto are, like, basically the same, whereas, like, Sicario and Caesarian are, like... it's They're similar, but it's much more of a stretch to get there. <laughs> But it's so much more fun to yell that name of that movie. All right, just give us your ranking. Okay, so Matt, just real quick, here are the movies that you've seen of his. (laughs) (laughs) Stop teasing us. Uh, So you've seen uh, Incendies, Prisoners, Enemy, Sicario, Arrival, and Blade Runner 2049. Okay, I'm going to go from bottom up, and I would put Enemy at the bottom. I would put Prisoners next, and I like Prisoners. Prisoners is fucking awesome. I think it's good, but I uh, am not compelled to rewatch it the way I am with other Villeneuve movies. Sure. Um, mm, and then I think I would probably put. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm trying to wait. Uh, so then I would probably put. I would probably put Arrival next. Fuck you. And then Incendies. And then Blade Runner 2049. I hate this. I knew you were going to put Blade Runner. I knew you were going to put Blade Runner up there, too, and I hate it already. It's on my my shelf as, like, one of my favorite movies, and I don't even own the first Blade Runner because it's boring. Hey, guess what? Blade Runner 2049 is boring as fuck, too, so. It's not, though. (laughs) It's actually very good. It's significantly longer and equally boring, if not more so, because it's It's longer. It's got cooler characters and better location. It looks looks cool. It yeah, I was gonna say it looks way cooler. The, actually, uh, it's interesting. Have you ever okay, watched so... the? This isn't a joke, but have you ever watched like the uncut director's cut version of Blade Runner? Because supposedly it, it's like way better. I've watched a few versions, I've... and I can't tell if any of them are good. I was gonna say I've I've seen I think I don't know which two, but I think I've seen two different versions of Blade Runner, and I didn't enjoy either of them. Well, okay. <laughs> I just know the theatrical cut doesn't end with the origami unicorn, and the director's cut does. And that unicorn, and there's like other unicorn sequences in the director's cut that are supposed to suggest that Deckard is a replicant. Yeah. And in the theatrical cut, there aren't. So right. I feel like if I'm, if I'm watching the director's cut, which has more depth to it, and I still think it's lacking in depth. I think I don't like Blade Runner. One. Fair enough. But I do like Blade Runner 2049, and I love Villeneuve, and this is what I'm going to introduce. The same way that Nolan plays with time in a lot of his movies, and just, like, that is a concept that he continues to go back to, mm-hmm. in the same way that Aronofsky goes back to, like, addiction or obsession mm-hmm. in his movies, is Villeneuve's families and... Language. The mysteries around your origins. Oh. Um. I would say language. Tw- yes. More than origins. In what way language? How many of his languages, or how, how many of his languages have only one movie in them? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's true. But I mean, Blade Runner 2049 is... But actually, no. Arrival is language. I was gonna say. I, would I think say language it has to would do be with place and the languages that come from the place, and how That's that shapes the story. 
Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I haven't I'd... seen like maybe three of his movies. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. I think, I think Matt is probably closer if we're going to lump in all of his stuff. Again, the ones that we've seen just because, <laughs> no, no, I think like Sicario doesn't, other than the fact that it takes place right. on the, um, like the U S Mexico border, like language doesn't really have like a strong, like emphasis in that movie. Whereas like, there's a lot more going on with like character and backstory in Sicario, um, especially with the Benicio Del Toro I've... character. Why? It's been a while since I've seen it. Why was he enlisted to help them again? They, I, they just like needed somebody on the other. Like they needed somebody who had experience in like the Mexican drug situation, and then Could like I don't want to say that he speaks the language of the Mexican <laughs> drug trade. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to argue my uh, I, my yeah, I, relationship because language isn't just like the words, but it's also like the commu- like the way you communicate with someone. I mean, right, I, do I, I don't I don't want to say what happens at the end of Sicario because Matt hasn't seen it. it yet, but I do think that there's a lot more at play with hit, like it's also been like six years since I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like in 2049, like <clears throat> specifically, I think. Arrival, Blade Runner 2049, and I'll try to do these without uh, spoilers, but Arrival, Blade Runner 2049, uh, even Enemy, and uh, I guess not really Prisoners. Prisoners is more like forward momentum. It's less like discovering relationships and more... But like all these other movies, Incendies, Blade Runner 2049, Arrival, and Enemy are discovering the relationships between related persons and how they relate to each other mm-hmm. in a way that, like, seems to keep coming around. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Arrival, it's the discovery of, like, who her daughter was in, in Amy Adams' life. In Blade oh, of 2049. Yeah. yeah. In Blade Runner 2049, they're, like, <laughs> trying to discover... Okay. <laughs> I forgot about that whole, that whole like, plot line. Yeah, and then Blader twenty forty nine. It's fi- figuring out who is, uh, who is this child that was buried, and or this this person who was buried, and they had a child. Where is the child? Who is the child? Um, and then in Enemy, it's like, how are there two of us? Which one of us came from the other? Um, and then what was the other one? And then Incendies. Yeah, the yeah. whole thing about a self consuming fire. So like. That's an interesting thing that I never realized that he's done multiple times. Is just this kind of like, who are these two people to each other? But Could it be that his name means new house? Is it new house or is it new life? <laughs> it probably it would be know. Viva New, I think, if it was life. Can I Villa. also say that when you were saying, talking about Blade Runner, and you were like trying to figure out who he is and who's his family, every time you said who's, I was just hoping you'd go, who's your daddy? <laughs> <laughs> Even though I hate that word so much, but I would have laughed daddy. really hard. Daddy. Um, well, let's, let me just put a little button on this real quick and say that uh, Arrival does both of the things that you guys are arguing about in terms yes. of character relationships and histories and language. So therefore arrival is his best movie. And that movie is Quain and we should all <laughs> respect it for what it is, which is, I think a I fucking think Dune, masterpiece. 
Dune will be his next masterpiece, and I think Dune will be my favorite of all. Just kidding. I have no is idea. Is it D U N E or is it D O I N? It's do it's Dune like Dune Burke or or no, uh, it's a it's a porno. Lorna it's doing. It's doing. <laughs> doing. Doing. What are you doing? Uh, anyway. No, I'm really fucking Lorna excited Dune. for fuck you Lorna guys. Dune. Still, is that how it is? It's Dune like Lorna Dune. No, yeah, it's, it's actually Lorna is the name of the franchise, and Dune is the name of the installment. So the next Lorna, one is Colin, two Lorna, Dune. two Dune. <laughs> <laughs> the third one is Lorna Dune, Tokyo Drift. <laughs> Look, uh, I, as much as I hate this thing that you guys do, if if Laura Dern keeps getting paychecks, I'm okay with it. I'll allow. Yeah. I can't believe how much mileage Lorna Dune has gotten. Like the Lorna Dune cookie has gotten on this podcast. <laughs> Because I also sing Lorna Dune to the tune of Waterloo, which I feel like I mentioned on this podcast. <laughs> but when I sing Waterloo by ABBA, in my head I'm singing Lorna Dune. That's amazing! <laughs> Lorna Dune! Oh, God. <laughs> you should do a compilation of, like, all of the scenes of Lorna Dune, like, running in, in Jurassic Park and other movies into <laughs> that song. <laughs> Uh, maybe I'll I do hate that. This. I hate this yeah. so much. <laughs> uh, um, anyway. That would be so funny, though. <laughs> I mean, I'd really watch it. Do that. How do you download clips from movies? <laughs> uh, let's take that conversation off air. <laughs> um, Fine. Did, did anybody have anything else they wanted to talk about with regards to this movie? Nope. Uh, I think this is a nice segue, but... <clears throat> Uh, it's interesting to look at the three dots that are tattooed. Oh, which we didn't even explain. That's how she knows oh. <laughs> that Nihat is her son. <laughs> which, I mean, if, if you saw the movie, then you know. But the point is... We are an hour into this podcast. Oh, boy. It's kind of like the movie. We made it slowly revealing. We're an hour into what? We're an hour into this podcast. We made it 30 minutes in before we revealed the end that we danced around for the first 30 minutes. <laughs> And we made it a full hour in before we explained the reveal that we made 30 minutes yeah. in. So, yeah. As an infant. Crushing it, guys. To uh, yeah, to recognize the child later in life, uh, he's given three little dots on his heel as a baby, uh, as a tattoo, so that she would know who he is uh, when she finds him eventually. And so that's what she sees she sees those three dots at the pool and then sees his face and realizes, oh my god, it's the same person. This is a nightmare. But uh, that tattoo, three dots are on one person and he's the single person who ties all three of them together. And so mm. three on one, he's the one who has all three. Yeah, I mean, it seems obvious, but like if I liked this movie more, I think I legitimately would consider getting that like just the, like the three yeah. dots on the like it seems the most obvious since uh our mad max one where we were talking about the full back tat with the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the universal blood type um <laughs> but <Yeah>. like <laughs> if i if i liked this movie as much as i think you guys do i think i like that is something i would genuinely consider doing because it's like it's very simple and it's very subtle but it like i think it's very like you were saying very significant for the movie outside of just the obvious like that is the thing that like 
causes the ripple effects that give the rest of the movie. I do think that there's like layers to it as well. But I also, I didn't write any of them down. I was going to do it this morning and then oopsie overslept. But I think there were a few lines from this movie that I really liked a lot as well. Um, So I don't know. Even, I mean, like the names, like I was saying, are just so cool. (coughs) Like Mm -hmm. Nihad of May and the woman who sings are such like monikers. The woman who sings especially is like the name of a friend, like the girl who kicks the hornet's nest and the woman who sings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the offshoot of the Lisbeth Salander franchise. Yeah. Oh, oh, interesting. The film also draws a lot of comparisons to Oedipus the King, which, yeah, mm-hmm. obviously. Yep. Um, but the fact that, like, the plot to try to uh, let them escape only <clears throat> pulls them back closer is very Oedipus, that, like, in trying to avoid uh, the child dying, then it... Or actually, in Oedipus, it's the opposite. To try to... They try to kill the baby, mm-hmm. but he lives anyway, comes back and kills the father, and marries the mother. Mm-hmm. In this case, the child is sent away to live, and the child comes back and becomes the father. And... Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway. Um... This movie was nominated for Best Foreign Language only. Uh, it should have been cinematography. Quick sidebar, you guys. 2010. Okay. Uh, hold, hold tight, please. Yeah. Uh, this probably would have been adapted screenplay, I think, because I think this is like based on a play. Yeah. Which uh, I would love to see a production of the play. And I think it was translated to English. It was but... translated to English. I, I mean, nobody's seeing any plays anytime soon, but... I will, and I won't wear a mask doing it, and I'll cough all around, and then I'll I'll dance with an umbrella and say I'm twirling all my virus for everyone. Please, please don't do that. Okay. <laughs> for anybody who's listening, also don't do that. <laughs> um, anyway, I had to go into a, a re- I was picking up food from a, from a restaurant yesterday, like carry out, but I really had to like go pee and so i was like can i use your bathroom and i went in but they are also open for dining and i do not just going to the bathroom i do not want to go in a restaurant anytime soon i'm i'm it okay was awful yeah i'm okay and it with- was open like it was an open air restaurant but like there's like eight people in the bathroom one of oh. them wasn't wearing a mask and i was just like there's nowhere to go I you should have just pissed yourself. I think it probably would have been better in the long run. <laughs> I should have just gone like in a bush. Yeah. Um, okay. So Tierney, here are the nominees for best adapted screenplay that year. Which one are you kicking out? The Social Network, which won? One hundred twenty-seven hours. Toy Story three, True Grit, and Winter's Bone. Literally, not half. I guess so. T- Social Network, and then one hundred twenty-seven hours. I would give the boot. <laughs> I don't understand social network. Social network. I didn't enjoy that movie at all. Stop it. Um, But you know what I do enjoy? That (laughs) picture of Mark Zuckerberg. Oh my God. The most sunscreen on his face. Just a ghost. looks, looks like a ghost with black eyes. It's so disturbing. Oh my god. A friend sent that to me the other day and I was just like, oh, fuck, what? (laughs) It's so funny. And he's trying to buy that island, too. Oh my god. He's trying to buy Kauai, I think it is. 
Just what? Like yeah. The entire state of Hawaii? No, just one of the islands. Oh, okay. That, oh, like, okay. people live on. Yeah, no, okay. Oh, I... Anyway. He looked like he was cast as death in the next Bill and Ted movie, is what he looked like. <laughs> just that ghoulish white I mean, gaunt. Do we know so that he funny. wasn't cast as death in the next Bill and Ted movie? Like, that movie's coming out in, like, a month. Maybe this is some weird uh, viral marketing something or other. Maybe. Think about it. Good point. Uh, best cinematography that year. Inception, which won? Black Swan, King's Speech, Social Network, and True Grit. God, King's Speech. Fuck that movie. Uh, I would say that you can probably get rid of the social network again. I'm not a huge True Grit fan. But the cinematography of it is good. Say, no, sure, whatever. That's Deacons. You don't kick out Deacons. Oh, fine. <laughs> but just because it's Deacons. <laughs> um... So it was nominated. Here are the nominees, the other nominees for Best Foreign Language that year. Uh, In a Better World, Denmark, uh, Beautiful, Mexico, Dogtooth, Greece, Incendies, Canada, and Outside the Law, Algeria. So In a Better World won, but like Alejandro Gonzalez Inuritu, Yorgos Lanthimos, and Denis Villeneuve all were nominated for Best Foreign Language in 2010. And like now, less than 10 years later, they are like three of the most prominent directors working and like yeah. one of them has literally won two oscars for best director <laughs> like that's fucking mm-hmm. crazy 2010 is like a shockingly deep year for good movies and it's like for upsetting for me that the king's speech is the winner of all that shit because that movie sucks and there's so I many better like movies better than the social network yeah. get the no. fuck are you out crazy <laughs> like you you're gotta just, be out of your mind. You're just being contrarian at this point, and I won't allow it. No, I it. actually really like it a lot better than The Social... I don't think you realize how much I dislike that movie. It's, it's like, shocking. everyone seems to love it, but I didn't like... I was... The whole time, I was so bored. I was like, this is so boring. This okay. is so it's boring. It's a modern-day Rashomon. It's a modern-day... <laughs> I wish that people listening could just hear Matt or or see Matt staring off into the distance as soon as he said that. (laughs) Just like he broke his own brain after he said that. Case closed. (laughs) Um, But this is also someone who hasn't had a Facebook in like at least five years, maybe eight. If you invented Facebook, you would have invented Facebook. Um, would you guys want to spend time on that film set? Uh, I don't think I would. <laughs> I'd want to go to those places. Sure. But not Canada. I wouldn't want to go to Montreal. That looks kind of miserable. <laughs> I'd want to I go mean, in the I summer. Think... Sure. Oh, but, like, the street that, like... Also, every time those, like, title cards came up and, like, stamped the place that you were at, I thought was very stylistically mm-hmm. very cool. Yeah. Um, but like the way they intro the like the four kids r- like slowly walking through the streets and like hiding behind cars with like that uh, title stamped on it, that was a like terrifying scene. And like that street looked terrifying because it's just like silent and open and totally like bombed out and ruined. So I don't know if I'd want to hang out in those parts of the set, but I would like to go to Lebanon. Also, like, uh, I this think it was maybe filmed in Jordan. Well, okay, I would go to Jordan. Uh, that's um, what I was saying. I would go. Yeah, it is also interesting because a lot of the cast 
looked like my family because like my par my mom is Lebanese and like all the men who were old looked like my grandpa and like uncles and all like the all the women looked like my mom and my <laughs> aunts and stuff so I was like oh weird and like what the character Wahab I have an uncle Wahib Oh, um, so okay. Like, I, I thought you had an uncle named Wahab, so, like, when that name popped... I didn't realize that it was Wahib. I, so when that name oh. popped up in the movie, I was like, oh, shit! <laughs> it's also crazy, because the story that this is based on, um, which I can't remember the name of the woman, it's, like, loosely based on her life. Uh, like, Su, Suha Bachara, I think her name was. Um, but Bachara is my other uncle's name. So, <laughs> like, Nice. A lot of names, a lot of familiar names uh, <laughs> running around this movie. Yeah, Suha Bachara is who this is based on. And she was, like, uh, imprisoned and, like, tried to assassinate one of the nationalist leaders in her country, I think, during the Lebanese Civil mm. War. So that was also interesting. I was like, oh, I, like, never see this uh, in a movie very often. So. That must have felt cool, though. It was cool. Especially because I, like, really identified with the mom because i was like she looks like i'm related to her oh representation matters you guys she looks like my mom yeah good job <clears throat> i love and just imagining like if my mom had been part of a war and like oh, armed to the teeth oh. oh sorry i said your last name <laughs> oh it's fine okay as if anyone listening to this podcast doesn't know who we are i was gonna say i think our last names are on the website oh maybe <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Somebody's about to make a change, if that's true. <laughs> that website's about to get an update right quick. <laughs> um, what have you guys been up to this week? Nice. <laughs> solid, solid week all around. Tierney, did you make a list this time, or are you going to go off the cuff, see what happens? I did, but there's only, there's only like, a couple things. Uh, I... Watched When They See Us. Oh, how um, was it? Which I, th- I thought was really well made. Did she, did Ava direct every episode of that? I that Ava... believe so. I think I, so. Okay. I didn't watch the credits of every episode, but I'm pretty sure she did. And I think she wrote at least a couple of them. I was going to say, I knew she was like heavily involved. I just didn't know if she like directed all of them. I think she directed all of them. I think she did, since it was like a four-part mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. and four parts. It seems much more reasonable that she would have done all of them. Yeah, she. Oh shit! Yeah, she directed every episode and at least has a story credit on every episode, and also has a co-writing credit on every episode. So yeah, she's very involved. Bless. bless I gotta her. finish it. I watched the first episode, so I gotta finish it. It's really good. Um, like well made. Obviously, the yeah. story is not another brutal. Story. <laughs> Similar to how yeah. Matt described this movie, didn't enjoy it, <laughs> like, um, or at least didn't enjoy the experience of watching it. But like the the craft involved sure. and the storytelling yes. was really good. Um, I also watched Akira. Um, <gasps> I did. So the I, anime. Yeah. Ugh. Oh um, shit! <laughs> so I I thought it was like fresh and the animation was very cool and I like the style um, it takes place in 2019 but looks more like 2020 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one thing that I wasn't wild about was like the last 30 minutes, I was like, what is happening? Yeah. And then it got really <laughs> gross. And I was so like, gross. oh, was not anticipating like body horror in this animation. And so that part was like a little upsetting for me. But otherwise, I really like that movie. Yeah. Ugh. It also shows Tokyo 2020 Olympics. Uh, <laughs> That's why I was like, this is so spooky. <laughs> yeah, it's so spooky. And then everyone was like, I think the sign says that the uh, the Olympics are like coming, but it seems like they're probably going to get delayed because of all this, like all the chaos that happens in the movie. And then for the 2020 Olympics to be delayed because of chaos is like, well, <laughs> they predicted that, it. That's why I was like, it really feels more like 2020 than 2019. Yeah. Also, uh, to your point, I think Akira is an incredibly confusing movie uh, in just, like, why things happen towards the end. Mm. And it's mostly related to them cramming, like, ten volumes of a manga into one movie. And so, like, they just leap to the end, and there's, like, a whole story that we don't get to see. And I've never read the manga, so, like, Akira the movie is all I have to go on. But there is, like, so much more to the story. Akira is actually, like, a main part, and Tetsuo lives for much longer than he does in this movie, so, like... Anyway. We should talk about Akira on one of these episodes, how about? Should we? I consider Hell yeah! It, I consider uh, <laughs> adding it to one of my later movies, uh, but then the last 30 minutes, I was like, I don't have to watch that again. <laughs> <laughs> Just Canada! Help me! Counterpoint, that was the only part of that movie that I liked, and it didn't make any fucking sense, but I was like, this... Like, this at least is disturbing, and, like, I, it is affecting me on that level. I, hate, I love I all the disturbing shit. I hated that movie. movie. <laughs> I love all the little toys when they're like, mm-hmm. Nightmare. The whole movie's a nightmare, and I love it. I hate it. <laughs> um, what have you guys been up to? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, okay, what are the movies that we watch in this household? this week we watched Paddington. Speed. i was gonna say so i'll go and let you brainstorm matt yeah. um so one thing uh it was really thoughtful that quentin tarantino gave us a new movie for our birthdays last year tierney and then this mm. year i was like fucking 2020 sucks like nobody's doing anything fun for our birthday tenant was supposed then to you be remember for our that birthday beyonce has a movie coming out in a week well yeah so oh. uh Taylor Swift was nice enough to give us a surprise album for our birthday, so bless her for that. And then Beyonce is giving us a surprise movie slash probably album. So look at us. I thought that this year was going to be an annoying birthday for us, but now we've got some good stuff, so bless it. Especially because I was supposed to see Harry Styles on my birthday. Oh, oh Daryl. Oh, no. Daryl. Oh, Daryl. Um, oh, Daryl. <laughs> The I also watched a lot of baseball this weekend because baseball's back finally, thank God. Um, so that's been fun. And then I had a friend come over the other night, and she was like, "I really just want to watch something light. Like I just, I it's too heavy outside. I, there's just too much going on. I just want something light and fun." And I was like, "I got you, fam." And so we threw on Paddington, and that movie is so <laughs> fucking good still. And that bear is so goddamn adorable. And Nicole Kidman is hilariously evil in that movie. And it's just so delightful. And I'm really excited to watch Paddington 2 at some point in the near future. And 
love it and also weep. Did you see that Paul King is not going to be involved in... Or he's not, like... He's not directing it, and I think he's only, like, coming up with the story? Mm. Maybe? I mean, I'll still go see it, but I'm less jazzed about it now than (laughs) when I I found that out. But, man, Paddington and Paddington 2. Good shit. If you need a a little pick-me-up in the year of our Lord 2020, which, God, who doesn't? (laughs) Can't recommend Paddington's highly enough. But yeah, that's been my week. Oh, and I, I did finish The Last of Us Part Two. So, speaking of body horror, Tyranny never played that game, but holy shit, that was fucking awesome. There was some yeah. super, super, super gnarly shit in that game, and it was amazing. Uh, <laughs> love me some gnarly body horror. It, there was this, I was like, Matt can attest to this, I was playing that game at like 11.30pm my time, so like 10.30 for him, not too bad, but... Uh, this thing happened and I was texting him and it was so deeply disturbing that I was like, this is the great, this is, this moment alone was worth the $60 that I spent on this video game. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> it's so gross. It's so it's cool. the grossest fucking thing I've maybe ever seen in a video game. And also apparently HBO is developing a last of us TV show. And I'm just like, please God, just give me all of it. I just want all of that, like, yeah. disgusting body horror shit. <laughs> yeah. And I want, like, anything that tries to be like The Thing is okay in my book. Yeah. And this gets very close to The Thing level. Oh. And I'm hoping they use, like, physical or, like, practical effects for the TV series Same. to really make these things gross as hell. <laughs> They're so foul. It's it's incredible. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that's that's been my week. Um, we watch Speed, we rewatch Speed and X-Men First Class. Speed, fun. Not X-Men Economy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't dislike that joke. It just took me a minute. I had to catch up it's, with it. It's a pretty good, it's a pretty good joke. I, what got me is Tierney's little giggle to herself afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's man. just been so long since I've flown <laughs> that I forgot the terms. Yeah, but but similar to similar to you guys remembering every detail of these horrific body horror things, I'm afraid of flying, so I forget nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but for uh, rewatching X Men First Class, they do uh, the women characters real dirty in that movie. Yeah. Rewatching it, I was like, oh, like, no one is given anything that's not introduced with them being naked or near naked. It's pretty wild. Like, none of the women characters are allowed to not be sexualized in that movie. Um, And it was a lot more bro-y than I remembered. Whereas, like, the first and second X-Men movies, and even Last Class, which is trash, but, like, X-Men and X2, like... That is not a problem in those movies. Like, the women characters are given, like, their own storylines and, like, are not related to only the men. So in that regard, it was pretty disappointing to rewatch that one and be like, oh, this movie's not great. Which then kind of makes that whole trilogy, or quadrilogy, pretty bad. Like, I don't know if I like any of those movies as much as I used to. You should in any case, rewatch what? Days of Future Past, because I feel like that was always the best one, but that's also the one that... I haven't rewatched it recently, so I can't yeah. say. But 
That one also does kind of have both of the casts, so maybe it's not as bad. I feel but like also, that one should that, have been the last one. They that, shouldn't have done any after that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's also, like, I mean, we've got the whole, like, Brian Singer of it all, so. Right. Maybe, uh, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, just rough stuff. Uh, but the speed was so fun and very dumb. Uh, Hannah and Jeff watched Speed 2 Cruise Control yesterday, and all of us, I watched the very beginning and the very end, and we all left saying that was the worst movie we've ever seen. It's very bad. Um, <laughs> and then... I've also been mm-hmm. watching Avatar The Last Airbender still. I'm in, se- like, almost the end of season two, and I can't believe how good this show is. It's, like, some of the best TV writing. Uh, and also just, like, epic writing. It's, like, nearly the same epic world building as, like, Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones or Star Wars. There's so many, like cool elements that are introduced or hinted at and then later like paid off and the the other thing is like a lot of cartoons tend to drag where it's like it's the same adventure every week it's just like how are they going to get out of it this time and in this one they like really pull out the rug from under you multiple times and like every time you're like oh it's going to take forever for this to come up and like bite them in the ass it's like nope this episode they're going to deal with it right now like the war is here I thought it was. I think it's great. I'm excited to finish it. Um, and then the quick, last thing. Quick follow yeah. up on that. Yes. Um, <clears throat> when does the movie take place? Is the movie? I think the like movie in the is middle the of the series, season. or so the movie is mo- a remake of the first season, and I and it's supposedly bad in every way that the show is good. Interesting. Anything that the show does good, the movie does bad or worse. Have you like, seen the movie? Very bad. No. Are you going to watch the movie when you finish the show? I don't know. I'm, like, tempted to just to see how much it fails. But I also don't want it to ruin the way I imagine these characters. Because the, the show is so good. Like, every every character's voice is so clear. And you like them so much that I feel like it'll get ruined if I watch the live-action version and hate everybody in it. Fair enough. So I'm going to avoid it. Uh, And then the last thing is I started reading The End of Policing, and uh, I'm about to get into some pretty meaty uh, alternatives to policing. And so I'm excited to to keep diving into that. Nice. But it's good. It's a great great book by Alex Vital. And uh, Uh, as our Portland correspondent, how are things going out there for you? I haven't ventured out uh, really, but... Uh, it's there's just there's just noise at night uh, and friends have been going uh, so I don't know it's all it's all getting complicated because it's also like the attention is being shifted more towards like the federal invasion rather than the point of the protests Mm -hmm. but I think that's just going to happen when this kind of like insane element gets introduced is that like it becomes uh, a matter of like everyone has to band together to get these people out mm-hmm. but I I do hope the momentum of the actual movement isn't stunted by uh, this kind of street revolution that's happening and kind of seems to be like amplified primarily by white voices and like rioting more than mm-hmm. uh, actual like action to fix systemic problems. We'll see. 
I think it's complicated, and uh, I don't know everything that I probably should, but uh, it, it just seems like the the goal has maybe shifted temporarily, and that's uh, kind of a bummer. Sure. I just didn't, because from what I've gathered, it seems like it's all happening in, like, a fairly centralized part of Portland, and I just didn't oh, know, yeah. like, how, A, if that's true, and B, like, how how close are you to that, or... It's, like, three blocks total that oh. are affected. Um, and, like, the marches are going from, like, not far from my neighborhood down to downtown. So, like, mm-hmm. the marches themselves are pretty big. Uh, but the actual area that, like, these federal agents are patrolling seems to be f- fairly limited and right around the Justice Center. Um, that's to say, though, people are covering up everything that's identifiable about them because the cameras are being installed outside the justice center to identify people. And Dope. It's getting dystopian. It's, like, it's, yeah, it's pretty it's authoritarian. like 1984. Yeah. Yeah. Also like the other thing that should always the book, be clarified. Not the year, is the just to be right, clear. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and who knows what crazy shit was happening in 1984 the year. Uh, but yeah, like there's just a lot of like uh, total, uh, like the agents that are being dis- like brought here are ICE agents because that's like the easiest yeah. group to get to do this, um, and a lot of like uh, a political uh, com- like commentators are saying that like this is the introduction of authoritarianism is that you bring the border patrol in to police the people because they're already used to dehumanizing other humans and making them other. Mm -hmm. And so it's much easier to have that turned and introduce citizens of the United States as other. Um, And that's just like a standard practice of authoritarian regimes Mm -hmm. is to do exactly this move. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, these shitheads are moving into cities and starting up trouble. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see... November 2020 and what <laughs> happens alright well on that light note <laughs> yeah sorry but uh... um, next week I think is it last black man in San Francisco hell yeah I also just bought it on blu-ray so uh, I'll uh, I'm excited get to watch get the full that. experience I was gonna say really, the rest of us plebs will just be watching it on Amazon Prime <laughs> yeah but I'm royalty now but I can't wait to rewatch it. I'm so excited. Tierney, you haven't seen it, right? No. Oh my god, I'm so excited for you to see this movie. I am very excited. <laughs> I've been waiting because you put it on your list, so I was like, oh, I'll just wait till it's on the yeah. on the it's podcast. Genuinely beautiful movie, and I'm so excited to talk about it. All right, so everybody, go pull up the Amazon. Give Give Jeff Bezos your Prime money and uh, and watch Last Black Man in San Francisco for next week. Mm. Or find an alternative way to, to <laughs> or, or buy it on Blu-ray, not from Amazon. <laughs> I bought it from Target. I bought mine from Target. Good, bless you. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. What fun. Uh, so is that is that all for us today? Would you say that I'm finished? <laughs>